Woo! Is <laughs> that barrel proof? Fantastic. Delicious. Welcome to the Whiskey Sippers Podcast. I'm Dave. And I'm Steve. And today we're going to be talking about uh, whiskey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that shot screwed me up. More importantly, what else? Isn't that what we talk about? We're uh, we do. sipping it. More importantly, pricing. Oh yes, price gouging. Yeah, price gouging, pricing. Why it happens, how it happens, how the tier system works, and what's the big thing with bourbon today? So, what is the big thing with bourbon today? Um, well, it, it all depends. There's a lot of different theories of why what's going on is going on. Science, math, <clears throat> equations. Yeah. Lots of Social stuff. media. Physics. Yeah. Psychology, sociology, everything. Astrology. Astrology. You're a Scorpio. That's why that whiskey's so expensive. I'm actually a Gemini. <laughs> if you were an Aquarius, it'd be $20 cheaper. Do you have the Aquarius music? I don't Keyed know. up? No, uh, I, I, thought, I, was, I thought where you going with that. Damn no, it. but that'd be funny. Though, yeah. If I did. Yeah, but you're unprepared again. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> so let's get into this. Pretty excited. Get into what? The whiskey? Well, well, we're already into it. Yeah. <laughs> Needed to loosen up a little bit for this because yeah. we're talking about some serious stuff. Serious. Very serious. Serious. You know. Seriously. 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 So, uh, seriously. Seriously. I have a bottle of W.L. Weller, the original wheated bourbon. We have a lot of bottles. Special reserve. So, it's the green label. It's the the cheapo one. Okay. Uh, this one's hard to find. It's spendy. Uh, if you can find it in the right place where it's supposed to be sold for cheaper, it's like a $20 bottle. If you can find it someplace that actually sells it for MSRP. Yeah, that's what I mean. Right. Yeah. That's okay. I knew what you meant. <laughs> so that's what I paid for. And I mean, you owe me a hundred bucks because we're splitting it halfway, but I only paid 20. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure thing. Yeah. So we were, we're going to enjoy it. That's what we're going to do. We are going to enjoy it. Yeah. I'm looking forward and to it. And it's even got the little uh, the metal lid. Yeah, it's a screw top. A screw top. <laughs> a whiskey that's a $200 like sawed- bottle for the screw top. A whiskey right. that's sought after like that. Hey, let's just put a screw top on it just to mess with people. Yeah. Um, I think Old Forester did it with a bunch of theirs. Of course, all of them that you have right there don't have it, but. All right. Um, it's like, hey, like the regular stuff does. Put a screw top on it. Just a ma- hey, you know what? Look at this bottle of Buffalo Trace screw top. No, it doesn't. No, no, that's that actually a cork. A, it lo- it's a cork. It looks like a screw top. Is there any right. other ones with screw tops? Is this it? Uh, no, there are a couple. So there is an old Forester right now. And two then, gingers, but that's. Excuse me? Two gingers. That, that What's that? Right there. It's Irish whiskey. Oh, um, I, yeah. Whatever. I don't think I have any other ones with screw tops on them. I really don't. Okay. It's crazy. Well, so, I mean, it's kind of. Bottom of the shelf type stuff. So I guess I'm not getting screwed today. <laughs> <laughs> Go on Total with the bad joke. Go ahead. Um, yeah. So uh, I picked this up in Texas for it was like twenty three, twenty four dollars. It was it was under twenty five. Uh, SRP is twenty four. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is W L Weller. It's a weeded bourbon. Uh, it's the original weeded bur- bourbon. So that means that uh, in the mash bill, it's mostly wheat. As opposed to like uh, corn, what or has, rye. It's corn. Oh no, no, no! The second, I'm sorry, secondary. Right. The second is wheat instead of rye. Instead of that's rye. what I meant to say. No, I was gonna say, man, it's. I'm drunk of, already, so whatever. I oh, just hit my hand on the table. That's okay. That's okay. Come on. Things are going downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> so no, this is uh, made created by the Weller Distilling Company, uh, the brand named after William Laroe Weller, a distiller who created. Uh, 
he kind of started the whole like secondary thing of uh, wheat instead of using rye. Now, William Leroux Weller, that is like the big brother or daddy to the um, W.L. Weller, because I guess the William Leroux Weller is yeah. a different line of whiskey. The same distillery bought the, the William Leroux Weller was the original Kind of like, like the George T. Stagg and Stagg Jr. Yeah, so they're all kind of like, you know, one worked for the other type of thing. Uh, one knew the other. So, you know, this is a couple hundred years ago. But I didn't know that. Like, if you get a bottle of William Leroux Weller, it'll be five times as much as a bottle yeah. of Weller because it's like the George T. Stagg of the Weller family. Yeah, so I think they uh, there was an antique collection of Buffalo Trace that they release annually, and I think it's coming out pretty soon. There's a There's a list out there that says, like, which states get allocated what bottles and such. So kind of yeah. the, the hunt begins because we're we're in bourbon season right now. October, November, December. Yeah. That's when they release them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So this uh, Weller guy, he was the one that hired uh, Julian Van Winkle, who later became Pappy. Uh, and that's what we know, the, the, the Pappy Van Winkle name. Mm-hmm. So he worked for Weller. So, um Three bottles that they started making. They have the Weller Special Reserve. They have the Antique 107 and then the Weller 12-year. So those are like the, the three uh, different bottles that kind of started it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then later on, they pushed out all the other stuff. So the CYPB, which is Craft Your Perfect Bourbon, and then the Full Proof. I saw and, a bottle of that today. And how much was that? CYPB. Yep. 388 Probably a good price for that. It's $388. I've seen it six, $700. Yep. It was three eighty eight. It's asinine. I I don't know what the SRP is offhand, but I know it's like under hundred. But it's probably like fifty bucks. Yeah, fifty sixty bucks. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy. It's ridiculous. So yeah. So here's the here's the green bottle. So bottom of their shelf. I wouldn't say bottom shelf. So this I've had this before. It's good juice. It's pretty solid. I would compare it to like you're just Buffalo Trace. You're straight Buffalo Trace. Uh, really? People are losing their minds over it. They're going bananas over this stuff. So it's hard to find. If you can find it, it's marked up. I don't know what's going on with this. It's just $139 I saw at one place, 200 at another. Demand. Artificial demand. It's crazy. It is. I'm telling you. <laughs> Artificial <laughs> demand. I mean, there's a reason why these distilleries are only releasing so many bottles a year. Yeah. If the demand is always higher than the supply, yeah. then people will pay. But your everyday, this is supposed to be like an everyday bottle. So making this like a limited, I mean, it's an ongoing release. So making it seem like it's a limited release and holding it back from people and playing these like uh, markup games is just kind of, it's just it's stupid. Well, I mean, I think people, uh, we'll get into that. Yeah. We'll get into this more uh, because I have, I found some very interesting things out and I have my own theory. Okay. But uh, anyway, go on. Go yeah, on. so we'll talk Continue. about this real quick. So this is a uh, straight bourbon bourbon uh, from uh, the Sazerac Company. Uh, the distillery is Buffalo Trace. So as I said, it's ongoing. Um, the mash bill, they say it's und- undisclosed, but it's a weeded mash bill. So corn, wheat, and malted barley. Uh, aged, uh, say, two years. It's 90 proof. And uh, that's it. So let's, uh, let's drink up. Let's waste it. Cheers. Oh, cheers. That's, uh, uh, that, that, was weak. that was weak. Ooh. That's better. On the nose. Ooh. On the nose, it's kind of uh, butter, butterscotch-ish. I get butterscotch on the nose. Caramel. 
I get uh, car- caramel. 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 I get butterscotch. Maybe that's the vanilla caramel yeah. kind of combination. So I just took a sip. Um, I get butterscotch, like almost like a toffee. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's super sweet, like not a lot of vanilla. Ooh, I like um, it. It's a little bit of like a woody, very little woody. A l- but, like oakish. A, yeah. little, a little oakish, but not too much. Just the, yeah. the, the sweetness comes through. Yep. Oh, I like this a lot. Uh, Good one. Nice like dessert bourbon. Yeah. After a big meal, drink some of this. It's almost kind of like a dessert wine. Which we just had a big we, meal. We did just have. Because that's what we do. Yeah. Because we we're men. That's what men do. We're manly men. Men eat. Men <laughs> <laughs> eat meat. So this is really good. Ooh, yeah, I'm definitely getting it. I, I would definitely have this after a nice steak dinner. Glass of Weller. With the steak? No, after a steak dinner. Why not, not with, with it? The, no, you can have a like Pinot Noir with a steak. Nice red wine. Oh, this is afterwards you, with Mr. A, Fancy Pants. Absolutely. This is afterward with a cigar. When are we doing a steak episode? I'd be hmm. interested in that. Grilling some some big meats. We could do that. We could we could do some uh, New York strips on the smoker. What would we drink with that? With the strips? Yeah. Wine? Is that yeah. what you want to do? You don't want to have whiskey? I don't know. I'd have wine. Bourbon and steak. We could do that, too, if you want. We'll just pick one. Okay. You don't want anything that's too too hard on the, too much sting to it. Something it ruins soft the, on your palate. Yeah. Like a, a larceny, which is also another weeded bourbon. Mm-hmm. So uh, Weller being one of the original weeded bourbons. Maybe just a buffalo trace with a steak. Yeah, that might, that that, might work. That'd be, it'd be a nice pairing. But uh, Maker's Mark was uh, pretty much the only competition of Weller. So the two of them blew up. Uh, but now we have Larceny. We have Wilderness Trail. Old Fitzgerald. I haven't had that before. It's in there, like the cool little decanter. Also another thing that's like marked up to three, $400. It's another asinine price. It's stupid. Yeah. Uh, Wyoming Whiskey. I've had that. Um, pretty good. Mm-hmm. A little bit. A little bit more burn than this, but uh, there's some out there that are available that are also weeded. Um, I tend to I tend to lean towards these. I I really like I really like this Weller. I never had it before, but I, I I'm enjoying it. Yeah, very much. This is your first Weller? Yes. Well, welcome to the club. Thank you. Welcome to the uh, the gangbang, as they say. <laughs> Do I get my everyone's own... involved in this? Do I get my own locker? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. All right. I mean, once you're once you're hooked, you, you do the Buffalo Trace, and then you do the Weller, and it's like, what's next? Stag? Then, then it's the Blantons, and it's the Stag Junior, then Stag. Well, I have a bottle of Blantons at home, and so it'll be, Pappy. it'll be coming. I don't know if I'll ever taste it. That'll never be in my mouth. There was a, I was, <laughs> 20 bucks is 20 bucks. <laughs> so, remember that Remember that video? What? The guy that came up was like, uh, he's like, hey, uh, what, what kind of beer was it? He was like, hey, you want some beer? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, what, what's the catch? He's like, let me see your dick. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys. And then he's like telling about this. He's telling the story and he's like, these people, they're sick. And he takes a swig of a beer. He takes a swig of a beer. The Heineken or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was Heineken. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I, these people. I, I, uh, I, I like this. I love the, I, I watched uh, a video. I think it's on YouTube. It was a gentleman who had um, a collection of bourbon. And he's got bourbons like that I never heard of before that are ten, twenty thousand dollars for a bottle. And he was talking to the who's got that kind of money. He was talking to this guy about him, and he was like, you know, yeah, in a bottle of, uh, you know, you get a, a twenty thousand dollar bottle of Pappy, 
and uh, he says, I, I tried once, I went to whatever, and we went. To, he went to this thing, I guess he had to pay a lot of money to go to some expo, whatever, and they had this $20,000 bottle of Pappy Van Winkle, and they opened it up, and he tasted it. He said it tasted like the inside of a pickle barrel. It was horrible. Oh. He's like, so just because it's just because the demand is that high yeah. for it and the, and people are paying that doesn't mean it's worth it. Well, it's kind of crazy. When I you, think you know. this is something that we're, because, you know, we're still newer to uh, bourbon sampling and tasting. Um, so I think this is something that we're, we've been learning is that the price point doesn't always match with the taste and the way you're going to feel drinking it. No. Like some of our favorite ones are something like I, I brought up Larceny a couple of times. That's one of my favorite ones. It's delicious. Old Forester, very approachable, easy to get. One of my favorite ones. Well, I really enjoy certain whiskeys because I enjoy them, and I don't really care what I paid for them. You yeah. know, it's uh, That's for fair. me, like you said, it's a matter of more. Hey, I li- I don't like this one. I'm glad that I don't because it's very expensive. Yeah, I would rather not have it again. This yeah. Weller is delicious. Would yeah. I pay two hundred dollars for a bottle of it? No, I don't think it's that good that I'd pay that much money for it. And some people will. Uh They'll go to those lengths like I gotta have that because everybody else has it, or someone's telling me I have I have to have yeah, it. And have they don't even really re- read the reviews. I have to have it because because if because I can say I have it. Yeah. Well, great, but if you don't enjoy it, why have it? I mean, it's like you know why have a real nice brand new hundred thousand dollars sports car if you're not going to drive it? Yeah. It was interesting because I was talking to a buddy of mine just about whiskey, and you know I didn't realize he liked whiskey too. But then I found out quickly. He's like, oh, I have six bottles of Blantons. I'm like, good for you. And and he probably you know paid like 150, 200 dollars a piece, and you know because he thinks that Blantons and Blantons is good juice. Don't get me wrong, but like he feels like that's the bottle that he has to have because that's what everyone's talking about. So that makes him a bourbon guy. Yeah, it's like you're missing the point. Yeah, go, yeah. Go get that twenty five dollar bottle and enjoy it. Or do you, are you just trying to be the envy of your fellow well, whiskey, that's what it sounds like. bourbon drinking friends? Like, oh, I have four bottles of Blanton's. What do you have? Yeah, six, six, shit, yeah. six bottles. Six, six bottles. Whatever. <laughs> six bottles. Who gives a shit? Yeah. You but, know, and, and it's so, so the conversation kind of turned into like, oh, okay. Well, if you like that, I have a couple other bottles that are easy to get that maybe you should try. Yeah, if you like let's, the let's open the door tip. up and you know let's let's step into the world of bourbon and actually start to learn about it. Old Granddad One Fourteen, yeah. When we try, it's like twenty seven bucks. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's drop, actually much cheaper than that. Drop other an ice, places. Drop an ice cube in it, opens it up, and it's a delicious sipping bourbon. It's fantastic. Yeah. You know, do I need to spend four hundred dollars on a bottle of Blanton's to have the same experience? No, I don't. I just don't. It's outside my wheelhouse. Sorry. Yeah. But well, there's always sa- Christmas. And that's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> the same thing I think about, like, Pappy. It's just, it's it's not a thought in my mind. I have um, no desire to, like, I'm not know. really going to try. I won't even spend $300 on it. I have had an expensive bottle of Whistle Pig. Um, and I think this is further in the conversation about uh, distilleries pricing their product right to kind of stop the secondhand market and to stop like this price gouging. Well, they need to increase their prices. Yeah. To so level if they're the saying like, out. Hey, we have a quality product, um, like the boss hog, you know, Hey, this is a 400, 450, $500 bottle to start with. That's what it is. Astronomical, but that's how they price it. You know, they have other bottles that are more approachable. Yeah. $75, hundred, hundred fifty $150. But they're, still, pri- they're not pricing them for thirty. The most expensive bottle of Pappy Van Winkle that's put out yearly. Yeah, uh, Van Winkle family put a MSRP of like two hundred eighty bucks yep. on it. Yeah, 
Or is it selling for $5,000? Yeah. And I've seen it in the case for that, too. Let's talk about that. Okay. Let's yeah. talk. And let me tell you why. Yeah. <laughs> well, so that brings me to, to the thought as I was uh, discussing earlier, like when I go into a liquor store, you know, just browsing, and I have a list that I know that I'm looking for, and, you know, if and I have a general idea of the, the SRPs and what they should go for. So if, it, if I see something that I don't normally see and it's not priced up too much, it's something I'm going to get. But it often leads to the conversation of like, hey, do you have any allocated bottles or do you have anything special that's not on the shelf? Because some every store is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Some just put them out there. Some of them don't know. Some, some of them hold don't, don't them care. for their preferred customers. Yeah, some of them hold them. Some of them have lists. Some of them have like, you have to spend a certain amount. There's all kinds of different things they do. Some of them just like, okay, those are allocated bottles and you just have to ask for them. So I go ahead and ask and... You know, everyone's, and this has happened like two or three times in just like the last couple of weeks where I go to a new shop and it's like, oh, do you have any other bottles? Do you have allocated bottles? Like, oh, oh, check out this case over on the other side of the store. And they walk you over to this little case and it's got like three or four bottles in there. And it's always sitting next to like a Don Julio or some <laughs> bottle of champagne or something like that. Um, guaranteed there's a green label Weller in there mm-hmm. and... Three times now, I've seen it for about 140 bucks, and then once I've seen it for 200. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I got to the point where I just laugh. Well, I kind of can understand why. I learned more in, in the research that I've been doing about this. I've learned a lot about how that, and a lot of that has to do with the secondary market. Okay. And for you know, people asking what the secondary yeah, market explain is. that. Um, with the advent of, of platforms like Facebook, right? You had Facebook. Facebook. People could, Facebook. The TikToks. Facebook. Zuckerbook. <laughs> so yeah. people were able to communicate all across the world now. Anywhere you were, in matter, you communicate. And then you had the ability to be able to form groups of people. Yep. So now you had people that were bourbon. And, and you know, bourbon Bourbon was 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 tanked. No, nobody wanted bourbon. You well, could they- buy a lot of the stuff for MSRP. Back in the year 2000, 2005, whatever. Well, from the 80s to like the early 2000s, the the market was just gone. Bourbon wasn't a big deal. So therefore, you could buy stuff at at MSRP and it wasn't, it was a regular drinker, right? Then what happened was you started having groups get together on Facebook that were, uh, well, you you had um, the Bourbon Gangbang, Pappy Van Winkle. One, I can't remember what competition it was, but won the best bourbon in that that world, whatever competition. Yeah. The following year, Pappy won best spirit, world worldwide oh, best, really? best spirit ever. Now they're saying, "Hey, we have this." People are like, "Oh, I gotta get that." I gotta oh, so it, so it is good. <clears throat> Pardon me. I guess it's for these professional tasters, whatever. Is how disappointing would it be if you spent like five grand plus? And you're like, so like 750. (laughs) So like how many glasses is that? (laughs) Never actually counted, but like a few. (laughs) I think you'd have to count by drops if you're paying that much money. And then you have, here's a dropper. Have a little bit of your tongue. You have a, you know, a two ounce pour or something like that. And you're like, this isn't good. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Like you're, you're done. You're already in. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Anyways. So, yeah. So, um, then you have, so now everybody's like, Ooh, we have to now bourbon started on the uptick getting more popular. And yep. then you now Pappy Van Winkle, Sazerac Corporation, Buffalo Trace Distillery, blah, blah, blah. Now there are other bourbons. Now your Buffalo Trace, your Weller, your E.H. Taylor, Blanton's. Yep. 
those started getting more popular too because people with a pappy buffalo trace it was a big thing buffalo trace is like hey this is great you know now our other whiskeys are getting popular so now here's the thing they still buffalo trace still had the msrp of you know what 40 bucks say for whatever bottle now you've got these groups on facebook and people are going to the store and and they're buying these bottles of whiskey for 40 bucks and they're turning around on these facebook groups and selling them for eighty or ninety or hundred dollars. Oh, okay. So they're selling them like privately, like privately, eBay, whatever. which is not yeah. legal. But henceforth, okay, so that's not legal. The, the secondary market emerged. You can't resell liquor. You have to have a license. Oh, to so it's liquor. like a black market, like a black market almost. It's a charcoal market. <laughs> <laughs> so now you've got this this whole new stream of buying at retail and reselling for three times as much. Oh, uh, okay. Now what's happening is now all these markups are happening. This demand's being created and it's creating artificial demand as well because now you've got all these people that are on the online here going, hey, uh, uh, you know, I'll buy this bottle of Blanton's from you for $200. Like I got it for 60 bucks in the liquor store. Yeah. So now it drives the market up and the prices go up and you're, you're seeing like uh, uh, this is where the market rate is being set on the secondary market. So what happens is the liquor stores are going, well, shit, why am I selling this for 40 bucks, which is MSRP, if this guy's going to take it and make another 80 off yep. of it? I'm going to start selling it for 120 a bottle. So they're going to start are, making their money, and they're the ones are, that are getting it. Exactly. People are paying that. So I'm going to start charging with the market demand. So and that's where the secondary market's kind of ruined it for people that used to have this as a regular drinker. And they're like, what the Christ? I don't want to pay all this money. Hey. So their customers are ripping them off. The customers, so it's the consumer. Yeah, it's the, con the consumer... The secondary market, which was made, created by the consumer, has driven the prices up a lot. That's that's one of the biggest theories. And because of that, the liquor stores okay. are going, I'm not going to lose 200% on this and have you make it in the street. Yeah. I'm just going to charge that in general for the liquor. And then nobody's going to buy it from you. They'll just come in and get it from me. That makes sense. It's all the same price. So that's why we're seeing like six, $700 like Weller bottles. There are still some stores retail that are gouging. Yeah. But yeah, in general, it, it, that was the whole... Uh, premise behind the secondary market and how it has driven up prices and now you got companies like buffalo trace who will not increase their msrp you'd say hey listen maybe they should raise the price to equalize the demand yeah. you know what but no because and that's what the thought like whistle pig what, right. why they did that because they were trying to they keep the price low and then limit what they put out yeah now you've got the demand of the secondary market, it made it secondary to me. And then you've got the demand of the people that are going to retail buying. And now Buffalo Trace goes, well, we only have this many bottles to put out. Yeah. So now that's also driving up the demand artificially because yeah. if they increase the it's, price, it brings it. And then the there's thing There's no is, good system. And I mean, and that kind of brings in like the other part of that is what we'll get into is the distributor is a third part of the this system that yeah. adds to it because- as I do my research, it seems like they have the ultimate like upper hand from the distillery or the retailer. It's like the distributor in the middle is the one that has their hands on the bottles that can kind of set the price. And they also have some pretty sneaky things that they do. Yeah. We'll talk about technically that. not legal, but they do them anyway. And as Kai learned about a couple of those too, but we'll get into that when you get yeah. into that. So anyway, that, that happened, but now there's your three tier system, which came in after prohibition, Yep. which anyway, I'll let you, I know you did a lot of research. No, on that. I mean, so, just, so go ahead and, and so and bring so us into we, the three tier uh, system. Yeah. So the three tier system. So it really like kind of started after prohibition was repealed and that was in 1933. Uh, you know, we had to, we had to break away from all these like bogus rules and regu uh, regulations. So uh, I, I kind of started thinking, I don't know if you heard of the chicken tax. 
I've heard of it. I don't know what it is. So like 1960s, uh, I guess the Johnson administration was trying to like, they were fighting with Europe over, uh, they were retaliating over uh, tariffs on exported chickens. So we were exporting our chickens and the Europeans were putting tariffs on it. So they said, oh, well, in retaliation that we're going to tariff and tax all the goods coming to us. So all the imports. Um to include like light trucks and stuff like that. So there was a whole bunch of things that were added to that list. Okay. Present day, most of those tariffs and taxes have been disseminated at, at one point or broken apart at one point or another, and except for the light trucks. So if you go around the world, you'll see all these different light trucks all over. Like Toyota makes a cool truck and Volks, Volkswagen makes a cool trucks. But the U.S. is the only one that can't get light, like small trucks in from outside. So we're like kind of reduced to that so this the, the prohibition rules are kind of similar to that in that like we created this like artificial like blockade on our own stuff mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah it does um so once prohibition was repealed uh the u.s government reverted to like allowing the states regulate alcohol within like their own border instead of the federal government mm -hmm. so this kind of broke it all apart and changed all the rules hmm. so Instead of having like tied houses, which was like a pre-prohibition era type thing, where the actual distillery acted as the re as the retailer also, like and the sold old, their own product. Yeah, so it was like right. the old saloons and stuff, like the swinging doors, and like that, that's what it was. Um, so the states decided to make all their their own laws to kind of stop that from happening because it was like an unfair competition because. If you're the distiller and you're going to have a saloon, you're going to sell your own product. I mean, you're going to sell other products, but you're going to try to push your own product and you're going to try to push the increased consumption of alcohol. So right. that's where a lot of dirty things happen. So dirty things happen all the time. They when you do consume too much alcohol. They do. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so the U U.S. federal government and the states decided to do this um, so they can give the states uh, more power over this and they all trying to increase the public safety because that was the big issue and it was a huge tax revenue thing. So let's separate the production, the distribution and the retail of alcohol and we can control it and monopolize over it and tax each one. Of course. <laughs> Why not? That's pretty much what it was. Like, you know, they, they, they called it a big safety thing, but it was really just a big tax thing. Because so, it's never about money. No, it's about you all. being safe. Always follow the money, and then your answers will be there. Follow the money, you'll know what's going on. Yep. We want you to be safe. Yep. Just <laughs> get the shot. It sounds so familiar. Get, um, get the shot. So they separated the tiers. <laughs> so as I said, the brewery or distillery can't own a bar, and then the distillery can't sell directly to a liquor store. Mm -hmm. So you have to have that, mid that middle man. You have to have a wholesaler. Yep. <clears throat> so the federal government uh, makes you purchase purchase licenses uh, to produce and import, so the first tier, and then the distributor and the wholesale is the second tier. And then the state makes you pay taxes to and to get your own license for the retailers. Of course. So now you're like double taxed. So everyone's paying taxes. Yeah. Yep. So then the states decide exactly how they want to regulate the distribution, um, which just means like local taxation of the sales of alcohol, the, the production of alcohol and the, the moving of alcohol. And then they can even do things as far as like, like banning the sale, the sale on uh, Sundays. 
but you see like a lot of different places or yeah. like you have to wait till like afternoon or something like that. Yeah, it's wait till after 12 to be able to go buy booze on Sundays or whatever. Yeah, so that's uh, essentially creates this like unreached, like, like, like a, you kind of limit the free market is what happens. You kind of create like 50 different markets instead of being like one national market and like one rule. It's just dozens and dozens and dozens of rules and every state does their own thing. Yeah, because then you have states like New York. Yeah. who will not allow you to go elsewhere and buy whiskey or, or spirits at a lower price and ship them over state lines. Yep. So now they prohibit that, but yet, you know. Wait, you, we can't buy from another state and drive? Like, you can drive there, but no, okay. technically I don't believe you can have uh, spirits shipped. Like they won't, where do you live? New York. Well, we can't ship to you. Okay. Because it's against the law because yep. New York doesn't allow it, uh, which always made me crazy it's like you're not allowing me to be able to get something else where you it's you're interfering with capitalism i mean yeah. capitalism is made to make you money but it also is for competition there's competition yeah why wouldn't you allow me to take advantage of the competition by making laws that say I, i'm not allowed to do so and essentially that's what some states did is they created like this monopoly like control over mm -hmm. the alcohol production distribution and sales and you can actually, uh, I think I read somewhere is that you can identify these states, and I think there are 17 of them, and they they call it uh, uh, AB, ABS, so Alcohol Beverage Control, or ABC, sorry. Um, so you'll see like ABC stores, and that's like the government stores. Like I've been to Hawaii, and they're just like all over the place. Like, oh, you got to go to the ABC store? That's just a government-controlled store. That's crazy. Yep. It's crazy. Yep. I bet you they're all painted blue. Go ahead. They are. <laughs> I'm sure they are. They are. <laughs> no, I need to drink more. This is depressing. <laughs> yeah, it is. This is so bad. Well, and then you have, uh, um, like, we were talking about, uh, you, you, we were talking about, uh, um, you know, the prices you're paying in the store and how things like, say, Buffalo Trace Distillery or whatever, and, and certain whiskeys you're paying four times as much as MSRP. Yeah. Well, then there's uh, a practice that I learned about, which I thought was, pretty crazy like the wholesale and retail parts of the three-tier system yeah. they make their money off of high volume spirits yeah they don't make their money off of the 400 hundred dollar bottle of blends and i think i think that part of the system of the of the actual producer in the retail is pretty cut and dry like we understand that like you know like mom and pop stores just trying to make a few bucks here and there they're they're generally trying to keep you know their customer happy because they're the one interacting with your customer. Same thing with the distillery. They're making the product. They want to make their customer happy. And well, that leads into what you're going to say. <laughs> well, that leads into, uh, um, like I said, they, they make most of their revenue from high volume spirits. J yep. Jack Daniels, the yep. Jim Beams. Makers. That's where they're making their money. They're not making their money on the Wellers or the Blantons or the Pappies or whatever. However, People are still paying a lot of money for them. So you're like, well, what's the catch? Now, here's the thing. In, you know, Fireball, cinnamon-flavored yeah. whiskey. I don't know if, if that's a Buffalo Trace or if somebody else makes that. I don't know if it's part of Sazerac Corporation. I think it's part of Sazerac. Okay. <clears throat> In 2010, uh, Fireball, net sales of Fireball, yep. right, was $1.9 million. Okay. White girl whiskey. Between 2011 and 2014, okay, those net sales grew from $1.9 million to $1 billion. <laughs> so now you say, how the hell does that happen, right? Well, here's the thing. 
there's a, and I, I thought this was fascinating and it's 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 not legal but i guess it happens a lot more than you think is called inducement what happens is a whole, the wholesale rep goes into a retail store says hey listen uh people a lot of people are asking you for blantons huh a lot of people are asking you for well or they're asking you for pappy right yep i could probably help you out on it get you some bottles of that but uh what i need to do is we need you to move a little more volume so we're gonna you're gonna have to have an end cap of uh fireball with all the fireball we're gonna need you to have the little mini fireball bottles at the front register and we're gonna need to make sure you remind everybody hey would you like to grab some fireball whatever and and increase your volume. And if you can do that for us, then we can probably work on getting you a case of Blanton's every couple months yeah. and help you out because we know there's a huge demand for that in your store. So now what they're doing is they're taking a brand that's in high, high demand, mm-hmm. and they're using that to be able to build another brand, yep. like the Fireball. Yeah. $1.9 million well, that's to $1 where they, billion dollars in five years. Well, that's where they make all their money. And, and it's, it's a hard truth to understand is... These distilleries are not making their money off these like limited release bottles and things like that. That's no, more of a hassle no, for them. No, they're not. You're, if you're th- they they did the numbers of like uh, say uh, the Grandpappy. They release so many bottles a year of old Grandpappy. Yep. The distillery gets on average sixty percent. Okay. Uh, sixty percent uh, is of what the their margin MSRP. is. Yeah, that's their margin. Yep. And you're figuring if they make eighty thousand bottles a year, you take that sixty percent. The average is like one hundred fifty dollars. Say the low end bottles one hundred, the high end bottles two hundred fifty. Yep. So the one hundred fifty is the average. At eighty four thousand bottles a year, say whatever, they're making like seven million dollars. Okay. But yet they're making a billion on Fireball yeah. by pushing the Pappy Van Winkle. We can get you some of that if you sell a lot of that. Yep. That's not legal, but I guess they'll go in. The reps will go in behind the scenes. So is it the after distributor closing, that's doing that? The distributors go in. And this is this is where the wholesalers, the distributors. Yeah. Yeah. This is where I'm calling shenanigans on. Yeah, is, because they're they're in control. We can get you some more bottles because we're the ones that are holding them all. If you upsell this, because the more money you sell in that, the more money I make, and then I can grab more stuff from the distillery because I'm a high volume a wholesaler. And so really it's like the benefits me and I can help you out. It's almost like a mob mentality, like a mafia yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. You know? I can offer you protection. And they'll call on you to do a service for me. That's exactly and what it's, it's about. It's the unfortunate truth is that like it, it seems like the retailer ultimately loses control over their pro- over the product they sell. And almost to a certain extent, a distillery loses because once they yeah. pass that bottle off, I mean, yeah, supply and demand. So yeah, they're going to make more of uh, you know a product that that sell that they sell a ton. Well, Julian Van Winkle put out a statement um, like 2018, 2017, and they were asking about the pricing, and he, and they said our MSRP is what it is. We have no control over what retailers do. Yep. When they sell our whiskey. They didn't mention anything about the wholesalers, but the retailers. It's almost like they're hiding it. Yeah, it's almost like nobody wants to talk because about Because that kind of goes into that like that shady side of it. And I and I even heard uh, a manager at a liquor store tell me this recently is like, hey, you know, I, I just happen to be buddies with this distributor and he can, you know, he can usually hook me up. And you read stuff online is like some of these uh, some of these liquor stores, they just pay the guys. They just you know, they slip them a couple hundred bucks here and there, or they mm-hmm. buy them something, or you know, hey, here's a couple tickets to the game, stuff like that. So they hook up the distributor, and they just happen to bring them extra bottles. Here, well, here's an extra cake, a case of something. You know, here, here's some more Buffalo Trace, or you know, some pack for who? Or for who? For the for the retailer. 
And his name is John Cena. <laughs> of course you would. You knew I was asking that. No, I didn't know. You got me again. <laughs> it totally got me. He didn't know. He no. didn't know. He didn't know. All right. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So, it's just it's just this this shady business of like, and that's what they have to do in order to get their to to get the products in to make their customers happy so they can buy the other products. Well, that's the thing, and I'm finding that. Maybe it's not so much the retailers. I mean, there are retailers that, that gouge. They do. They, yeah. they they crank. But I'm finding that in general, it seems like they're kind of the victim to the wholesalers. Yep. And I and I even heard a retailer tell me that, oh, I only get you know one or two bottles of that like a year or a quarter or whatever. You know, this this, this other store down the street, unfortunately, they, get, they get a case. Yeah. And uh, this is the price that they actually sell it to me. He's like, so if you can go down the street. And get it cheaper there. Yeah. Get it because it's cheaper than I can get it. Yeah. I can't sell it to you for what they're selling it for. Yep. Because I pay more than that for it. And it's funny because, like I said, the secondary market has driven a lot of this. Yep. And then. Because they, the, they set the end price. And the demand that it creates is great because as long as the distilleries keep the MSRP down on these bottles of bourbon, um, if they don't increase the price, it's not going to level it out. And I think they're worried that if they do do that, and that bourbon takes. Do, do. Take, if they do do. If they do that and bourbon sales take a tank, they're going to have a shitload of inventory and they can't get rid of it like back in the 80s. And they don't want to end up back there. Yep. And yeah, I, think, I mean, they're riding high right now. So they're just, they're running with it. And now knowing that and saying, all right, it makes sense. In 2019, there was like the sun, the sun, whatever, uh, you know, spirits festival. They talked to uh, uh, Julian Van Winkle, the Van Winkle family. And they said, they told him in an interview that them and, other officials from Sazerac Corporation uh-huh. were working with the government to get rid of the secondary market, which and, is and so fa- beneficial to them. What's well, so beneficial to them? Why would they even say that? Why would you look to get rid of something that's making you millions of dollars a year? I, you know, it's yeah. almost like, hey, we're we're kind of kind of virtue we're, we're posturing, yeah, like, you know, hey, so we want to make so it right. Not really, if you want to make it right, increase the MSRP and level it out. I if mean, you want to make it right, you think that would be the. You think that would be the uh, the fix in that? Yeah, it, it would, just seems it like would level out. Maybe they need to get rid of the distributor. Well, if you increase the MSRP, now you're still going to have the same shenanigans. Well, Things are just going to be more expensive. Well, you decrease a lot of that secondary market demand because they people can't make a lot of money off of it, buying it retail and reselling it, so they stop doing it. Now the demand goes down. But then it seems like it sucks for everyone. So now the consumer gets screwed again. Well, the MSRP goes from forty bucks to sixty bucks. Okay, I'm not buying it then. Well. It's it's better than you paying three hundred, which you were when the secondary market was strong. Now you're only paying seventy. But I think that's. But I think you're oversimplifying it in the fact that you're assuming that I would pay three hundred. So if it's like I a four, I think you're gorgeous. <laughs> no, I mean, you know what I'm saying. Like if it's a forty dollar bottle and they're mm-hmm. selling it for three hundred, guess what? That's not that's not in my price point. I'm not going to get it. But if the market is demanding that price, then it's a three hundred dollar bottle. And then I'm not going to buy a three hundred bottle. I'm going to go buy that four hundred or forty dollar bottle. But a lot of other people are. Well, good for them. I'm and, gonna enjoy this twenty the, something dollar bottle of Weller. And people will pay that because this artificial demand this artificial demand has been created by limiting the number of bottles put out and saying, Hey, this is a you don't get this off. No, there it is. I'll pay the two hundred dollars. But I guess my point is the average person or the collector or whatever, there there's a breaking point and when they're just like, I'm not gonna buy that. Just because they set it for three hundred doesn't mean people are gonna buy it. There's yeah. There's always someone that's going to buy it, but you're going to lose a lot of your customers eventually. Well, I don't think that it's a fact of the matter that the retailers are looking to make a huge buck off of these allocated bottles. 
I think they're carrying the allocated bottles to bring customers into the yep. store. It's probably a hassle. So they really too. don't give a shit. If, if it sits there with a $300 price tag on it, it's at least it's there. Yep. And I can say I have it. Oh, okay. And people come in and see it, and they're like, well, I can't afford that. Oh, but you have this. Oh, this is a lot like that. Why don't you buy that? I think it has a lot to do you, with that. And so, you see a lot of stuff on the internet talking about, like, um, Midget porn. <laughs> what is it talking about, Steve? He just sat there and stared at me like, nay. <laughs> Need something for the wife. Have a vagina like sleeve of wizard. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> He's just sitting. I don't know what's the matter with him. Are you okay? All right. This is the part where I tell a joke. Uh, let's see. I don't. I was like I had two guys com- walk into a bar. <laughs> I had a completely good point, and I don't know something. The way you looked at me, <laughs> just like, oh, or is that something in your tooth? I don't know. Is there something in my teeth? Has <laughs> yes. it been there the whole time? Yes. Holy shit! It's like, but you just shrimp. Like, you just looked at me. And I just lost it. Uh, uh, so I guess I go to a to store, <laughs> and it's like the first thing people do is like, hey, do you got any Blantons? Mm-hmm. How many times a day do you think these people get asked? So it's like we go in and we ask for allocated bottles and stuff. And I try to be like nonspecific. Or you look around for a little bit. You don't just jump in there like, hey, you got blends. They're probably sick of it. Well, it's also, probably a hassle to have these allocated bottles. Think of what a pain in the ass it is for their staff to have to constantly be answering these questions. And can you yeah, put it aside for I mean. me? No, I can't. Yeah. Just do you want to buy hey, something? Come in and buy it. Hey, do I got to be on a list? Hey, do I like do an email? Do I got to spend a certain amount of money? Like, do I got to show up every day and talk yeah. to like a half hour to you? Like, yeah. What's the deal? Do I got to shave my pubes and like yeah, analyze like, them? How do I fine. get a how do we, how do I become a member of this club? Who do I got to blow? Like how does this work? <laughs> well, here's the thing is that that's why more retail stores are now putting it on the shelf and just marking it up and being done. And it's hey, do you have any plans? If it's on the shelf, we got it. If it's not on the shelf, we don't have it. End of story. Next. You know, and, like and little, I agree with that. A little signage would probably help, but it seems like most of these places is just like they're they're making things up as they go and they don't have a great business plan. We don't have Blantons. Yeah, like, you know, half of these places are just holes in the wall with, like, no prices on anything, and you just can't really tell what's going on and, like, what they have. And then it's like, oh, yeah, let me dust off this case in the back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got D.H. Taylor. I got this one can of it. How much is it? $200. All right, yeah. put it back in the back. That's why it's got dust on it. Yeah, Nobody's going to pay that. Put it out. Put a price on it. But like, I came in and asked for it, and he said I have it. And I said, really? And he brought me in the back. He said, oh, I also have this and this and this. Have you tried this? Have you tried that? Yeah. I think it's almost like a, it's almost like they're a fu- they're funnel. It's a funnel. Like I have these bottles. It's going to funnel customers in. And now oh, I can I think, can introduce okay. them to these bottles yeah. of whiskey. And if they and how many times you go in looking for this? Oh, you don't have it. Okay, and you start perusing. What else do you have? I mean, should you we walk out with one or two bottles or something? That's should we tell the story about our allocated Friday we went to? You know, I go to this local shop and I talk. I went in there a couple times and I got a decent allocated bottle for you know MSRP, so pretty sweet. The, the prices are pretty good. Trace. Yeah, yeah, pretty good prices. They actually get a lot of allocated stuff. I had several long conversations with them. The uh, two of the employees and the manager tells me like, "Oh, the last Friday of the month, you got to come in. You know, like first thing in the morning, we have our allocated bottles. They'll be off the truck. Blah blah blah. You know, we'll we'll, we'll get them for you." He didn't say they'd be off the truck. He said they get he him said in come, on Friday. said, come in on Friday. So Steve put a tent up at 4 uh, o'clock in the morning yes. outside the place Friday morning, thinking that that meant they unpacked everything Thursday night and had it ready Friday morning. Ready for me. For you. Yeah, because Steve's all that counts. So at 8.50, put my clothes back on, 
Put the tent away. Squirted your patchouli on. Yep. So you didn't stink like balls. I waited. I waited. He opened up the door, and I asked for allocated bottles. Oh, yeah, the truck hasn't come yet. <laughs> truck comes today. Told you that. Comes on Friday. <laughs> so why would you tell me, come come on Friday when they get there, like, you know, three-something in the afternoon well, on maybe Friday? Maybe he figured you'd call or something. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he didn't know you. <laughs> but the point is, <laughs> yes. I showed up later. Yes, okay, to, after to the quiet, truck came. After the truck came, I yeah. called, talked to him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh, yeah, we got all these bottles in. Like, listed them off. Good to go. Drove down there again. Show up. I said, hey, what kind of allocated bottles you got? Oh, they're already spoken for. And then it was a completely different list than what he told me. Real, yeah. <laughs> it was, like, mostly just everyday nonsense. Stuff that you could get just about anywhere. Yeah. Stuff yeah. that I already got from there. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, all right. I mean, you had, like, one, de- like, a Michter's, uh, uh, Toasted or something like that, but other than that, you know, I would have picked that bottle up. But other than that, nothing, nothing too exciting. There was a bottle of what was it? Toast, uh, toasted. It was uh, oh, Basil Hayden's toasted. Oh, did you get it? I, I was looking online. They had a bottle for ninety nine dollars. I'd never seen it before. Um, and I was curious. I think to... Nick saw it. It was probably cheaper. Yeah, more so, than likely. Yeah, because yeah. it wasn't so. Yeah, online it's always like twice the price. So it's not really. And, and can you get it delivered here? No, I think I don't know if they should. I don't know. But you know what? I'm done talking about pricing. It just makes me angry. That I'm, I'm depressed. Spending way too much money. We're drink, We're having our second glass, our third glass. Yeah, third. Oh, a shot. Two and a half. The shot was a half. Yeah. So, well, whatever. So, you know what? Talking about pricing. You know, how, how, who do you have for your big dick hero of the week when you're talking about prices of bourbon and, and liquor? I well, mean, when we want to know about pricing, what's the one thing we want to know? Is is, is the price right? Yes. Yeah. So let's name our big dick hero of the week. My dick like the Mississippi River. My Here it comes. Your bitch was Here it comes. Yeah! The size of a dick doesn't matter. Oh, no. Here it comes. It doesn't matter. Oh, God. Every time. Yeah. Should duck. I should time. duck. <laughs> Swing so it all over the place. Our big dick hero of the week is Bob Barker <laughs> from The Price is Right. Bob Barker from yeah. The Price is Right. I mean, Robert William Barker. When I was a little boy, they called me Billy. Oh, Billy. My father's Billy name Barker? was Byron John Barker. Oh. And he didn't like the name Byron John. Okay, I was born in 1923. <laughs> I didn't ask you. But my mother said it just happened. What, why, what are you happen. talking about, Bob? I don't know. That's just Does Bob, he have dementia? Bob wanted you to know. So uh, Bob Barker is 97. Is he really? Yeah. He's still well, kicking. Imagine he fight Happy Gilmore like that. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, what's, what's there to really say about him? I mean, he's a legend. He's a legend. Uh, the Price is Right was amazing. I mean, how long did that run? Think of how many times Bob Barker's been kissed on the cheek Ugh. by women that weren't related to him. You think he ever caught something that way? And you think he ever got like a herp? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like a ringworm or something? Like an itch. Like the, I wonder if any if any of the women ever ran up and like tried to grab his face and like put their tongue in his mouth or and, something. And they like, always try to grab his like that long mic, that yeah, very yeah, phallic. He'd have to hold mic. it four feet away from him with a little ball on the end, like a mushroom. <laughs> Uh, and I want you to win this. <laughs> you know? I used to, I loved that. A show. new car. Yeah, it was if you ever homesick, just watch the prices right. right. Yeah, yep. that or let's make a deal. Yep, it's one of the, one of the yep. two. I don't know. So, I'd love to golf with Bob Barker. Uh, yeah, so he uh, is an avid golfer. You know what's driving me crazy? You not getting the ball in the hole. <laughs> don't push me, Bob. Now's not the time. 
That was so, such a great scene when they get in a fist a great fight. Scene. I mean, he wrestled in WWF at one point. Bob Barker wrestled in the WWF? Yeah. You're shitting me. Yeah, it says right here. Yep. 2000 something. I don't know. Can't see it. Um, he was two, in World War II. 2000 US something. He was in World War II, but he wrestled in WWF in the 2000s? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, like, I don't know. He was in, the eight, in his 80s, early 80s. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, man. Who canoe? Yep. Yeah, I mean, wow. he's just, just a legendary dude, still kicking it. Uh, didn't he do something with, like, the pets or something? You get that? What was that thing with the pets? This like is Bob this? Barker reminding you to help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. <laughs> Bye-bye, everybody. I remember that. <laughs> didn't Nick say that on one of the... Podcast? No, Nick said pet more dogs, bitches. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's a little like, bit of a We difference. need to get him down here and quote Bob Barker. <laughs> Does, he <laughs> Does he like staying home and watching that? Reruns? I can't believe he was in the WWF at like 80 years old. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, he beat the shit out of Happy Gilmore. Yeah, I didn't have yeah, time yeah. to look it up, but whatever. I can't believe you're a professional golfer. I think you should be working at the snack bar. You better relax, Bob. There is no way that you could have been as bad at hockey as you are at golf. All right, let's go. <laughs> You like that, old man? Oh, that's Sorry. such a classic movie. <laughs> it is. That's all I have to say about Bob Barker. He's dope. On that note, I think it's time to go. Yeah, let's let's get out of here. I'm uh, I'm done here. Yeah, see us on TikTok, and uh, we always make a TikTok of every episode. Instagram. Instagram. Your and, mom's uh, house. WhiskeyGuysLive.com, your mom's bedroom, whatever. All that kind of good stuff. So we'll see you guys again, and thanks for listening, and send us free whiskey, and uh, peace, love, and anal grace. Yep. Later, sippers. Later. We love you. Mean it. Bye. Now you've had enough, bitch. <laughs>